Buffalo selects Jack Eichel. Maybe we won the lottery. I think he did. Momentarily got it out in front. There's a chance of a shot. It's Shot gets knocked down in front of the net, taken away by Eiko. Eiko sprints back in the other direction, coming in over the line. Eiko drags a free back and scores. That is why Jack Eiko is one of the premier players in this National Hockey League. Sizing up the situation, now comes in over the Nashville line, cuts in front, he shoots, he scores! John Eichel, coast to coast, rams it home, and Buffalo, can you believe it, wins another one in overtime! And broken up and taken away now, and scooped up the center ice, and chasing after it is Eichel, here's Eichel in over the line, going in on Wojewski got it around on the boards, and now it's taken back by Darlene, who got it ahead and left it there for Eichel in over the line. Took his shot, he scores! Jack Eichel, give him an inch and he'll take a mile, and he didn't have much more than the inch, but he tucked it in, and Buffalo has the lead. McCabe got it up the center, left there for Olofsson. Olofsson back to Eichel, scores! Son of a gun, he got one, he wanted two, and he sure got it with a laser beam. I wanted to take this time to thank the Buffalo Sabres organization, uh, all their fans. This organization gave me the opportunity to uh, live out a childhood dream. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't achieve what our goals were. The overwhelming support the last day or so has been incredible. And welcome, everybody. Too cautiously optimistic with Joe and Luke. I'm Luke. Across from me is Joe here on the... You know what we're going to cover today. Obviously, it's the post-Eichel trade podcast. Uh, of course, this show brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Use the code TCB for $10 credit. And Joe, you have been frothing at the mouth uh, in anticipation of this. Uh, what say you? Well, you know, we what when did we record last week? Thursday, and the trade happened Friday, right? Might, so might have been Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. one or the other. But yeah. you know, big things happen right mm-hmm. when we finish recording. Mm-hmm. I think when right when we uploaded it, the word came out from Kevin Weeks that it was that very yeah, night. That night, everything started going down. Kevin Weeks said that Matthew Kachuk was on the table, and this was their alleged offer. By all accounts, uh, that doesn't seem to be true. But oh, it wasn't true. It was not true because <laughs> the Sabers probably would have taken that if that were the case. But uh, John Vogel of the Athletic said that there was some external pressure, not grievance related, for the Eichel injury, 
uh, that that trade was going to get done tonight, aka Chicago Blackhawks damage control. That's my or, that's my thought. Or people are speculating that his interview with Elliot Friedman the was, day of the trade, he was doing that interview whether he got traded or not. There was so, a spit and chicklets thing. Yeah, uh, that as well. was also this, that same night. So. All right. Sorry, I think I bumped my microphone on accident. Yeah, I no one cares. Headphone users, beware. No one cares. Um, so, yeah, they definitely want to get that trade done before uh, that interview or if the NHL was trying to do some Blackhawks damage control. But no matter what, it was damage control. Yes, mm-hmm. either way. But, yeah, as we've been putting this intro together for the past, like, 15 minutes or so. Yeah. And I'm angry. I'm angry. All of you should probably be angry, too. And I hope you're angry as well, Luke. Uh, because I, I, we, we drove here together today. Right. And I, I asked Luke, when was the last time they had a player the caliber of Jack Eichel? When? Are we, We're talking about Pat LaFontaine, probably? Yeah, before we were alive, yeah. pretty much. There are, like, two generations of Sabres fans that never got to see Pat LaFontaine. Jack Eichel is arguably a top five player that has ever wore the Buffalo Sabres jersey. And I know some suburban hockey dads, if any of you are listening, are going to groan at that. But it's true. Jack Eichel is a phenomenal hockey player that this team threw away two seasons in anticipation to get a player of that caliber. And it just didn't work out. And it's not Jack Eichel's fault. It's none other than the owners and the incompetent people that those owners have brought in. And it's all their fault. And it's a shame that it didn't work out, but it didn't. And it sucks that they had to go down this route. And it sucks that we had to wait so long to see this trade be finalized. But he's gone. A 25-year-old superstar franchise center, former captain, is now a Vegas Golden Knights. You know, I feel I'm not trying to be, uh, look at me, a Mr. Cool guy here, you know, but I didn't really feel anything. Like, uh, 15, 16-year-old me is dead inside, all right, right now. uh, 15, you know, 16-year-old me is, 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 uh, you know, frothing at the mouth that's the second time i've used that term my apologies but you know 16 year old me is very upset right now oh me too but but uh listen we have talked about this i have been expecting this Mm -hmm. for years now yes once the team didn't get things turned around in the last couple of years you knew this was going to happen so for me it was just kind of okay business as usual let's see where it goes the team's not going to be good again we know that but there's a plethora of picks in the pipeline there's a ton of prospects waiting to come exciting up exciting prospects right. we're not talking about nick baptiste and justin bailey right here. right and you have legit first round talents in your system and guys who are actually doing quite well in rochester and then you have a player in alex tuck who can light the world on fire he's electrifying he's big who you're getting in return and a legitimate power forward a right. really good power forward if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time now mm-hmm. we have been talking about the need. You got to get that good power forward like an Alex Tuck, and they have it. When was the last time they had a player like Alex Tuck? Not, I can't remember. 
Uh, since I started Maybe watching like this prime team. Thomas Vanek, would that be yeah, fair? Yeah, I mean, would but that... like they're not even the same style, really. Tuck yeah. is a legitimate power forward. Yeah. And, uh, well, I don't know then. Yeah. Like, and when you think of the term power forward, you think of like. I think Ryan Getzlaff. Yeah. That is my ideal power forward. Yeah, like he can skate really well. He's the fastest player on the team already. I think Tuck is the best player on the team walking into that locker room whenever he's done recovering from his shoulder surgery. And he wants to be here. Oh, yeah, Uh, he made that very clear. I'm just happy we don't have to talk about an Eichel trade beyond today. Yeah, I agree. I'm happy it's over with, uh, and I think that – Whatever. It, this is what happens, you know. Uh, people grow apart. Players and teams grow apart. And, uh, I mean, remember I made that video, like... A year and a half ago? Yeah, maybe even a little longer than that. Mm-hmm. About Eichel not wanting to be here. Uh, you know, loving the city of Buffalo. Which I think was funny that he reiterated that he loves the city in his and goodbye, he does. In yeah. his goodbye video. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, whatever. You know, let's be positive here. Okay. Eichel's gone, yeah, but they survived this trade. We, they I think did. we talked about this months and months ago. There's no winning this Jack Eichel trade. Mm-hmm. They did not win this trade initially. They're probably not going to win it five years from now. To get what they got, what the Sabres got, in a trade for a guy whose future is quite frankly questionable. Who requested a trade two seasons ago. Yeah, who who clearly wanted out of town to receive what they did uh, is is pretty fantastic. This was the best case scenario, all things considered. And maybe it's aided by all the guys that are missing for Vegas right now, but mm-hmm. Eichel's missing anyway, so maybe not. Yeah. Uh, so... And they weren't going to have, they're not going to have Alex Tuck for about the same time they wouldn't have Jack Eichel, anyways. Right. And so I, they're not really losing out on on ice product right now. There was always talk about fearing that this trade will be screwed up, but I don't think they did that this time. I think I, yeah, they I, stuck to their guns. Krabs was a player that the fans and clearly the organization wanted, as Adams mm-hmm. uh, made that clear too. He was the sticking point. Mm-hmm. And all along, there was never any risk of him going to the Rangers. Because mm-hmm. Terry Pagula didn't want it, so uh, it's real. All I can say is just whatever. It happened. Maybe that's not the most entertaining thing you want to hear from a host of a podcast. But I mean, it's it's done. I think I've been numb to this issue ever since. Maybe like once people started talking about trading him, because we've been talking about the, no one's been talking about this as long as we have. No, we knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. It may have been a taboo subject to talk about, but we've been talking about this for over two years now. We've gotten hate for this. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't want to cast, I'm not going to cast aspersions on Jack either. I'm not going to go on and say, oh, he's a trashy person. We have always defended Jack Eichel Mm. on this podcast. Whatever this this podcast has been called, we've defended Jack Eichel. And I will defend Jack Eichel, no matter what jersey this guy is wearing. He is yeah. a great player, and I wish him nothing but the best. But they're not going to come out on top winning this trade unless he's never the same or has to cut his career short because yeah. his neck isn't healing. And that would be a shame for every everyone, fans, players, and folks, all please, parties involved. Please listen to me. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. 
I didn't mean for this to turn into a look at us, Duh, look how big we are. Oh yeah, I yeah. didn't mean for that. It's uh, just uh, 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 it's, uh, I'm I'm not gonna you know whatever. Fine, good good for good for Jack likable human being, mm-hmm. right? He gets, he gets to, to have the surgery that he wants, and I hopefully he recovers well. I'm glad, and, and I, I think hope he will. We br- we briefly talked about this off air, but uh, and I'd like to know what our listeners think. Leave a comment. Uh, below this, wherever you click the link, but uh, you know, do the fans boo Jack first night back here? I think so. And I looked at the schedule. Vegas is going to be uh, facing the Sabers two times in January. Do you think he'll be back? The Elks Tuck might be playing. Then, yes, but I, I don't see know when I the think... home game is. But I don't know if Jack will be possible. back by then. Could be. I watched the Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, post Eichel trade press conference and he was saying like maybe five months like he was like he was like I have no idea when he's coming back. what I am most upset about quite frankly after all this happened is that the USA is likely not winning gold uh this February or whenever the Olympics are January without yeah, they might have without a Jack they might have a chance but I mean you know Jack Eichel I mean the biggest the, the 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 team that took the biggest hit here is Team USA, <laughs> right? Um, uh, side note: Buffalo will face Vegas on February first, and also I thought there was another one in here. I thought they faced them in January. So there is a potential for a revenge game sometime. Yes. Okay, Why? February first and March tenth. So, Buffalo hosts Vegas on March 10th. So okay. that could be that could very well be Jack so, Eichel's first game back. That oh my god, that could be. If if the, if the if ESPN has the ability to flex games onto primetime, that that would be a great one. That's a great uh, story. But that, that's a good it's a good that's story. A good story. It's a good story. Uh, but no, like I was saying, good for him. Uh, I mean, they again Sabres will probably be going to Vegas on once they could do the second West road trip, probably mm-hmm. on the, the Arizona, Colorado, uh, Vegas loop. I'm sure, yes. uh, once that comes up. So I don't know if he'll be back in time for that, but, uh, maybe his return here will be the first sellout of the season. I want to go. That's for sure. Yeah. If well, we should try, we should try going if, mm-hmm. if I'm not working that Absolutely. day. Uh, that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, I think, they did just about as well as you would have hoped. Uh, we've been saying for a while, if they're getting an A prospect, Peyton Krebs is probably the only like elite-level prospect that you're going to be getting. Uh, they got Alex Tuck, which if we're talking about getting a young roster, legitimate NHL player, I don't think many teams were going to want to give up a guy like that, but circumstances like Tuck with his shoulder surgery, and he'll be out until January, uh, that probably made him available. And that's really good because, you know, Alex Tuck's a really good playoff performer, and if my memory serves me correct, the last time Vegas was in the playoffs, he was like one of their better players, and if he never got hurt, he's probably regarded as uh, quote-unquote untouchable. So, circumstances made him available, and I'm very happy with that. The Sabres got two, I, I want to say, cornerstones here. You know, maybe they're losing they're losing a phenomenal player in Jack Eichel, and I've said it a couple times already, they're not going to win this trade. But 
having two cornerstone players in Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck from a team-building perspective helps them out immensely. Yeah, you they really maximized all that they could get mm-hmm. out of a trade. And let's team. not forget a first-round pick and a second-round pick as well. Mm-hmm. Buffalo gives up a third-round pick. And in the grand scheme of things, the difference between that second and third round pick in 2023 could be like one or two picks. I but. think it's 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 always a a good return from Vegas when they're sending you a first round pick because they've balled hard in recent years and sent all of their first round picks or first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only ones that they've got left right now are Brendan Brisson and Zach Dean. And, and then their 2023 first round. And pick. Brendan Brisson was the only other name, and I don't even know if he was a largely mainstream name or just kind of like a taboo, uh, you know, speculated name thrown around out there. Mm-hmm. But you, quite frankly, the Sabers got all that they could. Yeah, and kudos to Kevin Adams for holding out because, by all accounts, Peyton Krebs wasn't even on the table until like last week, and Brisson was probably the premier prospect that was being thrown around here Mm -hmm. and you know he held out a lot of people wanted to cave in and just be like oh trade him already trade him already they would have gotten the ryan o'reilly return if if peyton krebs isn't in this deal and brendan brisson or zach dean are the the prospects in this trade this trade looks like garbage Mm -hmm. to be frank Mm -hmm. um it's a little disappointing i was hoping that there would be two first-round picks here. But, you know, they got a second. Uh, second-round pick still pretty good. They had three second-round picks in 2023, and that's very yeah. valuable. The three – the th- get having three first-round picks, I think, in this three upcoming first draft, Three first-round picks right? this year, three second-round picks next year. They have some pieces that mm-hmm. they might be able to dump off. I mean, hey, let's say, too. Uh, you know, Vegas – of course, it's top ten protected. Yes, the Panthers pick is top ten protected. Which that one you don't is. have to really worry is Vegas about. Is Vegas's? Vegas's is top. Okay. 10 well, let's say Vegas. Right. I mean, they keep they guys keep dropping. Uh, yeah. uh, Brett Howden is their number one center mm-hmm. right now. Uh, let's say you know their guys keep dropping, or they just don't get back in time to you know climb up and get that team chemistry going, if you will, get the proverbial team chemistry going. Comes playoff time and. Because they suffer, they match up with. Uh, I mean, let's say they get a uh, a wild card spot, right, in the Pacific. Right. Let's say someone climbs up. You have Edmonton, Calgary, and another team in top three in the Pacific, and they have to face Minnesota in the first round. Boom, they get knocked out. What pick is that? Twentieth. Yeah, you're or talking 18th? like sixteen to twentieth. Yeah. Like so that. I mean, something like that if could happen if too. If they're a wild card team. You're talking like the 16th pick. Right. So, I mean, that could always happen. Vegas has not had the hottest start. They're missing a lot of guys that could snowball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what's happening now will affect their standing at the end of the season. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen that can push that pick uh, towards the middle of the, the first round, push it yeah. back towards the middle of the first round. So, uh, there's promise there even in but getting if, that pick. if they do make the playoffs, I don't – if they're fully – at full health, sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would be shocked if they're not in the conference final with the offensive firepower that they have. And if they don't make the playoffs and somehow that pick is in the top 10, I am not very optimistic about that 2023 first-round pick because that's going to be at the very tail end of the draft. The best-case scenario, the Sabres have the pick 11 to 15. If that pick's 11th, you're getting a borderline elite prospect. Mm-hmm. Not even borderline. You're getting an elite prospect. Yeah. 
at the 11 to 15 range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And Buffalo's first round pick probably going to be top 10 as well. So they might have two incredible first round picks this year. It's going to be an exciting first round. That is uh, definitely for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I don't really have many other thoughts on the matter uh, other than, yeah, that Eichel, it'll probably be Eichel, Stone, and Pacioretty That's an incredible on a line. line. That is a scary line. Uh, All trade acquisitions. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know we, we're trying to keep this show evergreen uh, for this particular episode in that. Yes, we're going to. Uh, but the thing that I have really missed about having Jack here all season, really, is the power play. You know, like yeah, the nobody, nobody stale. can fill Jack Eichel's spot on the power play. That that can't yes. happen. And uh, you know, I think they've had Tage Thompson, Victor Olofsson, kind of sorta in that spot. Olofsson's still in his same position on the power play, but I think Tage Thompson has been has kind of taken okay over this year. Yeah, and I think Opozo, Opozo and Thompson have kind of alternated that role on uh, the first and second power plays. But that's 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 what I'm kind of like. Ah, shucks! I wish we had him there still. But uh, a loss. Just watching those goals from the from the opening, mm-hmm. uh, opening audio that we put together. Ah, I. Yeah. It'd be nice if they can have a player like that again. And whether they that comes from the draft this year with their first round pick, or next year, who knows? But. I like Dylan Cousins. I love Peyton Krebs as a prospect. Mm-hmm. I am a big fan of J.J. Paterka and Jack Quinn. I am worried that they're not going to be able to replace mm-hmm. the star power. And I think, as Kelly McCrimmon was saying in his media availability after acquiring Jack right. Uncle, you don't win the Stanley Cup unless you have that top-end center. Right. How, you know, the Sabres, maybe they're going to put together a team Mm-hmm. But are we going to be closer to the the 2010 Sabers that just weren't good enough? You know, right. I would take being good and making the playoffs any day of the week. Right, right now. But when we get to that point, are we going to be saying, "Hmm, I really wish that we had that star power centerman, yeah, to put us over the top." Yeah, you know, let's get to the being good part first. Right, but. Uh We'll get there, hopefully. Alex Tuck, though, I'm very excited about. Do you think he's the next captain? Oh, God. Yeah, right, maybe. Did they bring him in to be the next captain? did, Did somebody ever tweet us asking us is this next captain on this team i feel like that's a question we've answered on the yeah, show so i think we've, we've <laughs> i think like, i said that the next captain's not on the team yeah I think so, you might have said cousins cousins i'm sorry but i don't know this guy is already a fan uh, that elks tuck he's embraced buffalo already more than josh allen ever has <sighs> oh god uh well he comes in here he lived on the same street as as tim connelly mm-hmm. apparently which means he's a spoiled brat, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll forget that. Uh, and uh, I didn't watch his introductory press conference. I did. Uh, he, he seemed very excited. And apparently he was rattling off names. Oh, yeah. Of yeah. former 
uh, well, of the mid 2000s roster, mm-hmm. right? There's the photos of him playing street hockey with Tim Connolly. He said like, uh, he'd bring back the red and black jerseys. Mm, oh, see, we we need a voice like that. Mm-hmm. We need a champion. Uh, I mean, come on, you're you're trading. I don't think you know, the the boomers and suburban hockey dads could be any happier. Quite frankly, you get you get a an alleged uh, morose, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, locker room cancer and bring in a Buffalo boy who grew up in with on the same street as Tim Connolly and right he he's he's buffalo through and through right yeah. his, his dad was probably and a let's not forget he signed, he signed for four more years yeah, he's got below term. 5 million dollars a yeah. legitimate top 6 now, forward now if the if the soul or the passion gets sucked out of him you're doing something then wrong. there's a real Real problem, yes. <laughs> but uh, we have a new lease kind of on life. He, I was listening, guy. and he. Okay, no, I was listening to after the whistle with uh, Peters and Rave, mm-hmm. and Peters knows Tuck, which I want to get into. Peters knows Tuck, yeah, and uh, actually Tuck's brother, Luke Tuck, second round pick of the Canadians from last year, he lived with Andrew Peters when he played for with the Junior Sabers, oh, so wow. they have a good relationship. Peters called Tuck. Or one one way or the other, they were they had a phone conversation, and Tuck told Peters, "I'm going off my memory here. I was listening to this when I was half asleep yesterday, so I'm going off my memory here. But I believe that Tuck told Peters like he would have been disappointed if he went anywhere else except for Buffalo. Essentially, wow. like wow, he loved Vegas, but there's basically no place he would have rather gone except for Buffalo. And you know, Kevin Adams has been drilling this into all of our minds." He wants players that want to be here. And it sounds annoying and cliche. Isn't it like we want players that are dying to be Buffalo yes, Sabres? Yes, that's what he something. said. Some, and, something you know, along those Alex lines. Tuck, since he was a child, it seems like he's been dying to be a Buffalo Sabre. But they got a good player who's been dying to be a Buffalo Sabre. And they're trying to build a culture, and I understand why Kevin Adams is saying this, but I'm glad that the player that they brought in to you know live out this quota I guess you could say is Alex Tuck and I think they're going to continue to do this I am throwing out a bold prediction right now they're going to try and sign Dustin Brown this offseason I if he I'd like that if he hits the free agent market they're going to have to spend some money I think if we're talking about a future captain I wonder if they go the Brian Gianta route and sign Dustin Brown in the offseason I mean like he's just as Buffalo boys Tuck is you know Tuck is a for real big time player. I mean, uh, I brought up his elite prospects page in 1819, 52 points in 74 games. Had a bit of an off year in 1920, but last year, 33 points in a 56 game season. Impressive player, playoff performer as well. Uh, had a real nice goal. Was it against Va- uh, no, sorry, uh, Colorado? I believe so. I think Colorado, uh, where he split two defensemen. uh, But it's an exciting player that the Sabres got here. So, listen, there's a lot to be excited about, folks. Don't, you know, I know listening to someone be positive might be a little annoying, perhaps. Maybe you don't want to hear it. That's fine, okay? But I, for one, am choosing to um, have... I don't want to say rose-colored glasses, because that seems a little... (laughs) Isn't that like looking into the past... I believe so. Velvet-colored like glasses. I, I'm looking at this ro- rosy. Well, okay, rose-colored glasses again. I have a very rosy outlook on this, okay? 
Now, whatever, sue me if you don't agree with that. <laughs> but uh, I'm 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 very excited. I can't wait to see Tuck suit up. We're number eighty nine. I think he's the, he's going to be my next jersey purchase. Okay. I, I'm excited about I, him. I think I want to get a white Tuck jersey because it'll look like McGillney upon mm-hmm. first. Well, class, I'm trying but... to dismantle my white Jack Eichel royal blue jersey right now. I'm working on it, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. that I can get that customized with you know, uh, Tuck if I can uh, not destroy the jersey in the process. I'm still going to wear my Eichel Winter Classic jersey. Oh, yeah, because that, that's not it. a jersey foul. Like, no. There's no one on the team except for Zemgus Gergensen's that was even in that game, which is yeah. crazy to say because it was only a few years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe in the whole – to a certain extent – I don't believe in jersey foul in that I think if a player played on that team and the jersey exists, you can wear it mm-hmm. forever. Okay. But if, I mean, if you're putting, like you're wearing the, the you're right now, Joe is wearing a Taro Sujimoto jersey. Uh, you know, the, the old school, old school blue and gold, right? Mm-hmm. He's wearing that. If you put um, Jack Eichel's name on that, that's a jersey foul. Yes. But anything else, I don't care what jersey you wear, if it, exist out there if there's footage a photo of that player wearing it whatever wear it for, till the end of time so i'm gonna display it i'm gonna wear it i'm gonna keep it hanging up in my on my closet where i don't hang stuff in my closet because there's no room i hang it on a little ledge above right. it so uh i mean listen the eichel jersey's staying up the eichel figures are staying up my my card collection of jack eichel it's staying in there the poster's coming down because i need that space for something i need yes. to put bookshelves up there uh, and the pennant is probably going to come down too, but um, no, I I I'm, you know, I'm not moving on from all that stuff, you know. You know, I just don't want to buy a whole new jersey, so I'm just going to take. Eichel barely played with the the royal blue. No, he set. wore that uniform set for what 13 games? Yeah, something like that. Not, so that's not a, little, a very significant. Somebody time. out there bought. I mean, somebody out there bought a Jack Eichel. Um, you know. Reverse retro. Well, I mean, reverse retro is different, but well, no, not really. I mean, isn't it weird? Somebody out there has bought a Jack Eichel royal blue, or I have a new. You do, yeah. yeah. That's like, see, I but, regret it. But that exist. <laughs> but that existed. Yeah, you know, and it's like, whoa. I want an Alex Tuck jersey. Yeah. Man. Also, we're not really talking about Peyton Krebs much. Eh. The Sabers are getting a really good young player here, and I'm I'm kind of surprised. Can I just do one more? D- yeah, yeah, go one ahead. More go part, ahead. One more part of thought here. Yeah. Like, we waited so long for those for those Royal Blues, and Jack Eichel will never, will never even really see we him. We waited so long for an offensive-minded coach, and Jack Eichel never got to have it. Yeah. Also, side note on Tuck before we get into Krebs, Alex Tuck played with Jack Eichel uh, for the U.S. Uh, under-18 development team way back when. Uh it's a shame that they never got to play together, but Sabres are getting a really good player for right now when he recovers. But right. Peyton, Krebs, Peyton Krebs, he is going to be a really good player. He's playing for with Rochester. Are you surprised that they sent him down? No. No, that's where he should be. I, I think it's where he should be. I do. I think it's, it's the good decision to put him down there. Uh, I think he's probably a little too good for the AHL. Well, he has like, no if you look, points. If you look at his American Hockey League numbers, like they pop right up off the page. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, five points in two games. He has uh, no points, though, in the NHL. I and mean, he has one point in 13 NHL games, you know? 
Yeah. So also he's playing for Vegas and he's playing down he's the lineup. Buried in the lineup, yeah. Uh, but uh, anywho, uh, he's played one game already, so that's fine. Um, no points in that one though, <laughs> with Rochester. Yeah, he had a pretty good game. Uh, I wasn't able to watch, but caught some highlights of it. He looked. Great. Yeah, I'm really slacking with that AHL TV thing. I, watched, I, haven't... I watched the game that night, and uh, Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka looked very good. So one of my friends... Definitely, catch, definitely go by AHL TV if you have the time and resources. One of my friends actually uh, came up with a great call for Dan Dunleavy. Uh, he texted me about it, and I love Dan Dunleavy. He liked my tweet, actually, about calling that Niagara game on Friday mm-hmm. out. It must really? Have, yeah, it must have gotten around to him because, you know, yeah. Pat Malcaro liked it and uh-huh. a bunch of Buffalo people linked together liked it. But uh, I'm just imagining in Dan Dunley's voice, Peyton Krebs scoring and him saying, are you feeling it now, Mr. Krebs? <laughs> <laughs> Can't you imagine that? That like, would be great. Are you feeling it now, Mr. Krebs? That's a first goal as a Buffalo Sabre. I, just, I love it. I love it. And I love Dan Dunleavy. Send him the deal. I want to hear it. I should say, Dan, I love your work. Thank you for liking my tweet. I have a recommendation. Are you feeling it now, Mr. Krebs? He probably will do it. He's Mm -hmm. a man of the people. He is. Yeah. I want to meet Dan Dunleavy. He seems like a very nice man. Yeah, he seems like a great guy. seems like a great guy. Um, But I thought that was too good not to share with you. I know you are an avid SpongeBob uh, historian. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's great. Hopefully... You heard it here first, if that actually happens. But <laughs> yes. yeah, I'm excited about Peyton Krebs. I was looking back at my 2019 draft rankings today, mm-hmm. and I had Dylan Cousins seventh, which is where we got him. Oh, that was you who sent that DM. Yeah, okay. I, I had Cousins seventh, Kirby Doc ninth, and Peyton Krebs eleventh. And the only reason Krebs fell to 17 to Vegas because he tore his Achilles and had surgery, like right before the draft, and there was some uncertainty. So. Good thing he did that uh, because I don't think the Sabres would be getting nearly – and Brendan Brisson's a really good prospect, I, but he's not in the same stratosphere as Peyton Krebs currently. And he'll be up here. I think Krebs will be up here before Quinn and Paterka just simply based off of age because it's his time. Like this is the year he should be coming up to the NHL. I think he will be up here eventually. I think all of the young guys will be up here at the end of the One year. One way or another, I think all of them yeah. will be up here yeah. at like, some point. I would not be surprised if in the same game we see Owen Power, Peyton Krebs, and all You're the young dudes. You're absolutely right. Power you know? will be—he will play at least one game for the yeah. Sabres. Yeah. I don't know when the NCAA tournament ends, but uh, it should be before the Sabres are done playing mm. and they're going to burn the year and you know that's okay it's whatever like, yeah it's we whatever. talked about the Sabres contract situation at nauseum, nauseum. <laughs> uh, there we go big words for the last several months mm. uh burning a year off Owen Powers contract isn't going to really break the bank and it'll make him I don't know the technical term for it but how Luke how uh Quinn Hughes was this offseason he's not eligible to sign an offer sheet Oh. in two years because oh. he hasn't played enough games. So oh. you don't have to worry about that at least. That's but interesting. They need to spend money. Let's not forget about that. I hadn't heard about that. Speaking of spending money, the Sabres made another trade. That's right, yeah. They yeah. acquired Johnny Boychuk, <laughs> the man right. who sucked the chances of them moving on to round two in the 2010 playoffs. We missed a huge opportunity to not say there's been a, at the top of the show there's been a huge trade. We're here to talk about the huge trade. 
Johnny Boychuk is now Buffalo Chuck. Saber. Yes. Oh, they man. got Rasmus Dahlin. The smart ass in me is right now. And we should start over here. God, I know. We got to restart. Oh, but yeah, so Boychuk's $6 million keeps them above the salary cap floor. Mm-hmm. And you know what this trade does? They can trade Vinny Hinestroza if they want to. They can trade Colin Miller if they want to. They were so close to the cap floor where they had to do something if they wanted to trade rentals at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So good on oh, Kevin that's Adams right. this for was doing made this. because they had too many roster players and they couldn't send somebody down. Exactly. Okay, that's why they did so it. So okay. they needed to yeah, okay. get to the cap floor. So that they problem were so close. Yeah. Boy, Chuck, $6 million. You know, They might need to do this again around the trade deadline, acquire some dead money. There's no auto-fix roster button in real life. Yes, Mark you know, Jakubowski's yeah. working the cap-friendly all day, every day, trying to figure, That's this, true. figure this out. That's true. He has the dual-screen action going. Yes, yeah, so I don't know what their—I haven't looked at their cap-friendly page since this trade happened, but uh, they should be okay if they wanted to trade, like, Miller and Hinnestros. I don't know if they're going to go all out and trade a bunch of guys, but if if you're talking right now, I would think that Miller and Hinnestrosa were the two— that right. will go at the deadline if they're not in a playoff spot. Right. Correct. Yeah, so what else is there? Good on good on Kevin Adams. Like this was a situation where he there was no succeeding for him. He was set up to fail from the beginning, you know, the trade requests. After Botterell was fired, Eichel was jaded, yeah. if you if you will. He didn't want to go through another rebuild, and he said, hey, Kevin, uh, if you're going to be doing this, you might as well just trade me for picks and prospects. Right. And, you know, obviously he's not going to trade him at that point. You're going to try and salvage it. They go out, sign Taylor Hall, trade for Eric Stahl. You know, I would have done the same thing. I would have tried and fix it, and it didn't work out. Uh, Maybe if they would have traded him at that point, you get a much better return, but I'm happy with this return. Like, they did just about as well as you could have hoped, given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Man, it's crazy that, you know, this episode has been six years in the making. Yes. No, well, well, yeah. well, no, well, no, four. How long have you been doing this show? Mm, I'd say about five. It was like five years. Five, it will four, be going four, on for five four or five years, let's yeah. say, yeah. Like, you know, in this episode, right, it's, it's, it's just like the first playoff game episode is still in the making, mm-hmm. right? But this is a monumental episode. It's here, and I wonder, is this what you thought it would be like? Did you think we'd be mostly positive and, you know, the Jack Eichel you know, trade episode? The, ever since word came out that he's probably going to get traded, I thought the the trade would have been terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there was a, po- a certain point in time where people were like, oh, we're going to get Byfield, we're going to get a third overall pick, and Zegris, this, this, and that. Right. And obviously that never happened, but... Like I said, given the circumstances, they I don't want to say they hit it out of the park here, but they they didn't drown. Kevin Adams had boat anchors tied to both of his legs and somehow he he's still breathing. So, good on him. Good on him for holding out. Uh I'm sure there's going to be some sour pusses out there who are going to hate this trade. Uh pe- some people don't like Peyton Krebs, you know, I I love Peyton Krebs. I've always liked him. If we're talking about a Player comparison, I've probably said this on the show multiple times, uh, speedier Sam Reinhart. Okay. Really good with the puck on his stick. Yeah. Good vision. Very smart player. Leader. 
captain material. Saw I that one play he made where he kind of dangled a guy in a phone booth. Yeah, he's him. he's very skilled. Like I said earlier, the Sabres got two cornerstone pieces mm-hmm. to this rebuild. Uh, yeah, they Tuck's not young, but he's in his prime. He signed. And I wanted to mention this earlier, but I lost my train of thought. This is a player that can probably play up and down the lineup. They've got young players. As everyone loves Quinn, here. Quinn is probably going to surpass him. They're probably going to have him on the top two lines. Paterka, if he decides, if they decide to play him on the right side. Uh, if they draft another, Isaac Rosen, if he is playing. Like, Tuck can play on your fourth line. He's still going to be an impact player. You know, like, that's the type of player that you want to have in your bottom six. Like, if Tuck is in your bottom six in a couple years, like, you're in a really good situation, if that makes any sense. Uh, we do have a question. Oh, actually. did it just come in? Uh, well, it, it's in my twi- it's in my Instagram DMs. That's okay. why you don't see okay. it. Uh, it's from friend of the show, Justin. Okay. <laughs> he wants to know, if Quinn keeps scoring at this pace, do we call him up sooner rather than later, and who would he replace in the lineup? You see, I don't know if they're going to bring up anyone. Like, if someone gets injured, sure, but I don't know who they're taking out of the lineup right now. Like, not because they're playing good. It's because these guys are all, like, on NHL deals. Yeah. yeah. So maybe after the trade deadline when Hinnestroza goes. When the dust settles and we see what's happening. Yeah. I mean, that's typically when the moves are made after mm-hmm. the trade deadline. Exactly. When there's 20 games left. Yeah. So thank you for the question, Justin. Thank that you, came, Justin. That came out of left field. We weren't expecting to take questions today, but thank you. I was. I should have I should have let you okay. know. Yeah. That's fine. Don't worry. I'll fill you in after the show. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm okay with this trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I had to give it a grade, I'd give it a B plus. I mean, <laughs> if that second first round pick was a that, – that second – if the second round pick was a first round pick, I'd give this an A. And now we await – the, the discussion Rasmus Dalene oh, tree. <laughs> so one chapter ends, another begins. Yeah. Well, uh, we wanted to make this a relevant yes. podcast, so you can listen to this in a couple days if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about like the, the Seattle game; they got spanked. That was a terrible game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the Detroit game, but it sounded like they played okay and choked. You know, they've been choking. Indeed. Yes. And they face the Capitals tonight. The actual Janssen Fialbi revenge tour. Mm-hmm. The Craig, so. An- oh, Craig Anderson's injured. It won't be the Craig Anderson revenge yeah. game. So <sighs> we shall see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm excited to see Alex Tuck hit the ice in a couple of months. Right. But um, one more thing on Peyton Krebs. It could have been very easy for the Sabres to, from a PR perspective to say, okay, we got to have Krebs in the lineup. We got to mm-hmm. try and show, hey, we got these guys. The Sabres have a vision now, a vision that I believe in. Yeah. Getting Peyton Krebs, he, the, Kevin Adams has made me a believer that this is going to work out. You yes, know, I'm going to rattle off some names now. Quinn, Paterka, Krebs, Cousins, Middlestad, you can even put him in that group, Darlene. These guys are all under 22 years old. Good. You know, also, Owen Power, number one overall pick. Uh, Prokhor Poltapov, Alexander Kisikov, Isaac, Isaac Rosen. We didn't rehearse that. They have three first-round picks in this draft. They have a second-round pick still in this year's draft. They have three second-round picks next year. They also have their own first-round pick. Like, that's a lot of guys. That's a lot of guys. That's right. There's more coming. In There's a lot more guys. coming. And, and uh, you know, we said, you know, they're probably going to get a second round pick for Colin Miller. They're probably going to get 
a decent pick or a prospect for Henestrosa, considering he's a good player, one, and his contract is very minimal. So they should get a couple more decent pieces. And again, we'll see what happens. Let's just hope that these guys develop unlike the last rebuild. And yeah. again, we're not talking about Hudson Fashion and Nick Baptiste and Justin Bailey here. A lot of these guys are picked in the first round. A lot of these guys were second-round picks that look like they can pan out. And let's not forget about Devin Levi, too. Devin Levi and Eric Portillo. I'm not going to mention Uko Pekalukin <laughs> in this discussion. I think that ship has sailed. I, I hope he proves me wrong, but I think that ship has sailed. More like oops oh in <laughs> Bring on the puns. I gotta stop. I, I gotta. I gotta really. St- I gotta really try being more uh, better. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I give this trade a thumbs up. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two, it was inevitable. Two thumbs up from Siskel and Ebert here. Uh, it was inevitable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're disappointed, I- I'm sorry. Uh, Ed, what were you expecting? <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> what were you expecting? You know, it's, it'll be a fun discourse till the end of time. Yeah. You know, there might be a good... Uh, this might be the worst trade in the history of the NHL. It's possible. There might be a good Steve Dangle um, trade tree video from this. Possibly. He put one on Craig Revay the other day. Yes, I saw mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Interesting so. one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back wow. next week. Yeah. We'll talk about what's going on with the Buffalo Sabres. But again, we want to make this a relevant episode. for If you want to listen a year in advance... It's relevant. Well, there it is. I mean, the Jack Eichel trade episode is in the books. The saga has come to an end. It's all over. You know, it's been three years in the making. Yep. Yeah. That Bob McKenzie tweet, I remember I got home from work one day, and I saw that Bob McKenzie tweeted that the New York Rangers were targeting Jack Eichel. We should have known something was stirring. Something was awry. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's not a New York Ranger, though. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah, if you enjoyed, let us know. Uh, follow The Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram at The Charging Buff. Follow us on Twitter as well, Joe TCB NHL, L-V-K-E-T-C-B. Subscribe to the podcast on any platform. I believe we're on everything now. Uh, and also follow our Twitter account as well at C-O underscore T-C-B underscore pod. And once again, for Cautiously Optimistic, I am Joe Joined by Luke as always. My mic was off. (laughs) And thanks for listening.